Hey folks, Jeff here. I wanted to tell you about a really cool event coming up this Saturday at Balmy Alley in the Mission. Season 3 guest of the show, Lucia Ippolito Gonzalez, is collaborating with Lecheros to host Lover's Lane, a day filled with local vendors, prizes, games, milk products, and more. The event will take place from noon to 6 p.m., and we'll be there capturing some of the magic on Instagram Live for those not able to make it out. If you are, mask up, grab some friends and family, and join us for a fun-filled afternoon in one of our favorite alleys in town. Okay, on with the show. When I was a kid, I always heard that my mother's father, my grandfather, played sax. And so I wanted to play sax. And then, of course, my dad, like a lot of people in middle school, oh, yeah, I played saxophone. You know, there was, there was actually music programs everywhere, you know, where kids could learn and play music. And so, oh, yeah, I played sax. So I've got this in my head. My dad and my maternal grandfather both played saxophone. So in grammar school, man, I was all over. I wanted to play the saxophone. So I still play today. That was Jim Argo. San Francisco-born and raised realtor. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. In this episode, Jim traces his family back at least three generations for us. With family from Italy and Tennessee by way of Bulgaria, it's a rich, complicated story. Jim's parents met around the time of the Great Depression. It was an unlikely match. A boy from Poly High dating a Catholic schoolgirl. They had three daughters and then a son, which meant that they had to move from their outer Richmond rental to a bigger house near Golden Gate Park. Jim talks about the Catholic schools he went to and how big a part band was in those experiences. To this day, he plays the saxophone. Check back Thursday for part two. Here's Jim. Well, you know, the the interesting thing is, my, you were talking about the Marina District earlier. Yes. And the Marina District is essentially landfill. Yes. Right? Because it was the Panama Pacific Exposition. And that is where my mom's parents, my Italian grandparents, met. Okay. According to the legend. You know, my grandfather, he came to this country pretty much, he was the oldest of his family. His father had died when he was like 16 or something. Mm. It was Italy in the, in the early 19th. 19- they were starving. Mm-hmm. The Austro-Hungarian Empire was a mess over there, and Italy it was it was just a people were starving. It was mm-hmm. a hard time. So, mom scraped together his mom scraped together whatever coins she could, buys him a suit, sews the money into his suit, and sends him off to America. Passage to wow. make money and send it back. Okay. Right. So he comes here. He works. Apparently, he worked in some gold mines in Mariposa. Interesting. Yeah, and comes to San Francisco, and he gets into the Italian community, which was pretty vibrant back then, too. And some guy that he knew said, hey, if you buy the saxophone, I'll teach you. I'll give you lessons. That'll come up later. Well, the er- er- in the early 1900s, Philip, you know, concert orchestras, John Philip Sousa, marching bands, all that stuff was big. Mm-hmm. That was big stuff. And so they, he was part of a concert band playing baritone saxophone. Awesome. And that's where he met my grandmother. 
So cool. At the Panama Pacific Exposition, one of the perf many performances that were going on around that period of time. Can we back up just real quickly? Yeah. Do you know what, in, what went into the decision to leave Italy but go to California versus New York? Oh, yeah. Oh, Let's yeah. That. He was 17, pissed off at having gotten this assignment, but he knew he had to do it. And he wanted to get his, he, on the boat, he heard that California, he told, he to, at Ellis Island, he told him San Jose. Oh, so he did go to Ellis Island. Oh, yeah. And then he went through, up. yeah, Got they it. all came Got through it. Ellis Island. Got it. Yeah. yeah, and my mom was good about getting the manifest from the ships and all that sort of stuff, and she's got all that. And awesome. All that. Yeah, and he was, he was pissed mm -hmm. that he had to leave home mm -hmm. and do this. And he wanted to, so therefore, 17, he wanted to be as far away from Italy as possible. Okay. And he only went back one time. Wow. Okay. Did you grow up with this guy? A little, you know, little bit, yeah. He passed when I was about 10. Okay, got it. Okay. So that's your mom's side. Yeah. Can we, and what was their name? The last name was Trevisan, which means around from Treviso. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely Italian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can we hear... Uh, a little bit or, or, or a lot of your dad's side? Uh, they were they were interesting too. My dad was the he had one brother, and my uncle was the older brother. He was born in St. Louis. My dad was born in De Quincey, Louisiana, which is oh. west southwest Louisiana. Okay. His dad was a clerk for the railroad, mm -hmm. and so they had several places that they'd live because he was moving around a bit. Mm -hmm. But my grandmother, my dad's mom, her mother and father split up okay. because there was apparently a tryst mm. that my, uh, my great-grandmother had. Okay. And so my great-grandfather took the, took the kids and left her. Mm-hmm. And Interesting. It, yeah, and this is I'm unusual. <laughs> uh, very unusual. I yeah. mean, this is the you know this is the late 1800s, and right. we're talking about Tennessee. Yeah. Scary. So yeah, so my great grandmother is buried somewhere outside of Nashville. Okay. So you know the, the the name Argo. If you chase it down, it's kind of a strange name. It's a great name to have if you're traveling around Greece, for sure. <laughs> okay. People sometimes think it's Italian, but it's not. Mm -hmm. But actually, it kind of goes somewhere around Switzerland, Scotland, England, and I, I have no idea. You know, maybe it was part of the diaspora of the people that were getting chased out of Greece by the Ottomans. And who, right. You know, that's where you were from. Oh, there's your name. That sort of thing. The Argos right. Valley. Valley. Uh. There's the Ar There's a city called Argos. You know, all that kind of stuff. But anyhow, so. That side of the family goes back to the Revolutionary War, mm. you know, the Paines. Not, not, not Thomas, Thomas Paine, but Robert Treat Paine, one of the signers. Okay. Ap apparently. That's so. his name, Treat Paine? Robert Treat Paine, yeah. And he wasn't a doctor. No, right? No, no, no. And, and it wasn't trick or treat Paine either. You know, right, so, right. Yeah. But yeah, so those people go back there, and then that was my grandfather's side of the family but his wife's side of the family it was interesting they were immigrants her grandparents were immigrants from Italy and Bulgaria and okay. they had the extremely poor timing of immigrating to the United States to be in southeast Illinois at the time of the Civil War oh <laughs> okay 
So then, shit luck. So these, yeah, right. I mean, so they, mm. so they had an interesting experience coming to America, right? Mm-hmm. And that, and then one of one of their sons was my great grandfather, and he was the guy that you know he'd had a sawmill in somewhere in Missouri, and then one son was born in southern, southern, southern California, oh. and he managed a plantation in Hawaii, and they came back, I know, on a steamship or a. a sailing steamship back in the time kind of a clipper ship I guess is what they were back in 1907 Mm -hmm. and saw the ruins of San Francisco in 1907 right right there's we're gonna need a family tree like a visual yeah this is this is a lot I'll plant one no it's great yeah it's getting a little complicated no it's great that you know so much Um, well his that woman my dad's mom she was big absolutely she she was made it very clear that she was telling these stories of you know who we were and so on and so forth that meant a lot uh, and I then think the it other does. the Italian <laughs> side of the family we had to absolutely excavate it it was just like mm, right. ah, give me some stories here like, yeah but 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 my uh, father's side of the family my grandmother you know she made sure we had books and National Geographic subscriptions and knew who our people were and modest people that they were but that was really important to her and I always enjoyed that she's a good one yeah I, I happen to agree with her simple 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 never drank very, very plain country cooking, you know, mm-hmm. ham hocks and beans and that kind Hello. of stuff. Women had no business being on the stage, you know, all sort of this interesting sort of country thinking. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, nurturing and all those other good things. And remind me real quickly, which one was the one who played the saxophone? That was, that's the Italian side of the That's family. your dad's? That's my mom. Or your mom's dad. Yeah. Okay. My mom's father was playing baritone sax in, in concert bands, and that's how he met the woman that he married. And that was the one that the, the, they met at the Pacific? Somewhere at one of those concerts. The marina. Dances, yeah. Yeah. And they got married at the, the, the very famous uh, St. Peter's and Paul's Church oh, in yeah. North Beach. Yeah. yeah. Are there... Is it too early for pictures? Are there pictures of that wedding? I don't think there are. There's pictures yeah. of them around the time of their wedding. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's move on now to your parents' generation, and let's okay. let's hear your parents' story, each of their stories. So, uh, so my dad, because my great grand, because my dad's grandfather was idolized by my grandmother. She made sure that wherever she and her husband and two sons went was where her dad was. Okay. So that's what brought them to California. Mm-hmm. And therefore, Burlingame and Watsonville, okay. where my grandfather had a ranch, great-grandfather had a ranch mm-hmm. down in Watsonville, down around Elkhorn District mm-hmm. down there. Mm-hmm. Garlic and, and artichokes. Mm-hmm. Garlic and, and everything, kinda, really. Yeah, I kind mean, of everything. a dirt farmer, really. Oh, okay. And, you know, potatoes and onions and artichokes uh, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. You know. And uh, my older siblings had been there, but for me, no, because he had, uh, it, it was a long time. I mean, this was the 1930s or yeah. 20s and 30s that oh, we're talking about. Okay. Really good time to farm in the United Yeah, States. yeah. I mean, you had food to eat, you know, if it was during the Depression. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so that, that so-called American families down there, and then because my, my dad's father was with the railroad, his job as a clerk was in San Francisco as a railroad clerk. Okay. So my dad wound up, and uncle, 
and grandma, they all wound up living in off of Waller Street, you know, in the lower Fillmore. Yes. Uh, and Do you happen went, to know which building your grandfather worked in? Yeah. As a railroad clerk? You know, it's no longer there, but I know where they lived. For they, My, my uh, grandparents and my dad and uncle lived on Central up uh, near uh, the Panhandle. Okay. And then also on Waller Street. Mm-hmm. Because I got a bunch of letters, you know, that my grandmother saved, you right. know, with the return address on right, them and all right. that sort of, you know, the way people used to write back in the day. Yeah, How's the weather? That? You know, it's mm-hmm. been sunny. It mm-hmm. looks like it might rain. You know? LOL. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, no LOL. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, sorry, I interrupted, That's but you're, right. you're talking about your dad and, and sort so of my, how they so my So my mom uh, grew up on the block where I live. I mean, my grand, my Italian grandparents moved out of North Beach and to 32nd Avenue. And they, my, so my family's been on that block since 1915. I wonder, they probably moved out there for some of the reasons that you like living out there. My Away from faith, the hustle bustle of, I mean. Well, you know, the, the common opinion was that my grandfather was, was crazy because there was nothing out there then. Mm-hmm. However, he was a grocer. And in those days, they were starting to build the famous rich Seacliff neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And there was no grocery stores out there. Mm -hmm. So he did pretty well. Yeah. Was it an Italian grocery? It was uh, just sort of, there there weren't that many Italians out there. There was a little bit of everybody. Okay. You know, uh, but I mean, back in those days, uh, it was the kind of old grocery store where you go in and you tell them what you want and they would, you know, get it down from the shelf or select it for you, that sort of stuff. And Mm -hmm. he delivered. Mm -hmm. They delivered groceries. And so a lot of those people, you know, it was, you know, you'd have somebody that was a banker or an attorney or somebody and well off in civil service and the husband would be downtown and they'd deliver the groceries to the to the wife or the housekeeper or something like that in Seacliff. I thought grocery delivery was invented during COVID. I'm confused. No, no, that's DoorDash. <laughs> yeah. Uber Eats. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's all it's like it's all kind of coming around and, and making sense that your family was where they were and yeah. you are where you, you know. Yeah. Um, do you know the story of how your parents met? I do. There was, uh, so the Italian side of the family, they were all Catholic. My dad's side of the family really weren't churched, but they were, if you would, they maybe were Baptist. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Not even ad- adherence, but if they had a faith. Uh, but my so my dad went to a pretty rough and tumble high school in San Francisco called Polytechnic. Oh yeah, which is right across the street from Keysar Stadium. Stadium. Yeah. Right? Now it's a gymnasium. There's all that's left. But I remember my dad telling me the story. This is from the 30s. He graduated, I think, in 1936. So this is in the Depression. So these mm-hmm. are all de- you know. You've got that classic first generation American, and the other one is the Depression era mentality, that sort of stuff. And I said, so what did, Dad, what did, you know, what did, what did the guys do when they graduated high school from Polly, as they called it? And they were all proud they were Polly parrots. That was the mascot, the parrot, the Polly parrots. And he said, well, generally, they either go into San Quentin or the police department. Oh, yeah. And it was that kind of a school. <laughs> there's a fork in the road. And right, there's a fork in the road. Interesting. And some people took one, some people took the other. And which one did your dad take? He took the, he, you know, he took the fire department. Oh, okay, yeah. SFFD. Interesting. Was yeah. that his life? Like, did he do that? Well, I mean, for a while, like, f- for his career, or? Well, yeah, because he, uh, 
I mean, back in the day, these are Depression-era people, right? And his grandfather was an entrepreneur, but not successful, you know, kind of a farmer. He just, they, didn't, they weren't starving, but they did okay, but it was a meager existence. His dad was a clerk for the railroad, which people who worked for the railroad in the 18 and 1900s, they were lionized. They were heroes, you know. They, everybody took good care of them. So he's spending his school years in San Francisco, going to high school at, uh, at Polytechnic mm-hmm. High School and living over on Waller Street. And it's during the Depression. And he, during high school, you know, you, you date, you know. And so one night they went out, he and a buddy went out on a double date with these other two young ladies. They courted some women. Right. Young, some young ladies, yeah. Right. Sorry. So one of the little stories within the story within the stories of San Francisco is where the city is a city of villages, not as firmly developed as New York with all the boroughs and stuff, but it does have its neighborhoods, and we are really a city of neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And so my mom grew up in the Richmond district, way out west, right? And my okay. dad was living kind of in the hate, really, mm-hmm. the hate ashbury And so he and another Cal Poly buddy went on in this date with two women who were from a Catholic girls' school, and that's where my mom was going to school. How did this get arranged? I don't know how it got arranged. Maybe no one knows. No one really knows. (laughs) But the story is that they were on opposite dates. Right. They were paired not with each other. Correct. Okay. And that's how they met. Okay. Did that, what did that kick off? Like, oh, that, have, the, my date was crummy too. Really? You're you cute. You know, I never heard the stories about that. One of the, yeah. one of the problems was, not a bad problem, one of the problems was my mother was just never a storyteller. Uh, when her oldest sister was like the San Francisco Chronicle. The you know? MC, yeah. She knew all the stories, and a lot of the stories that I can tell about that family come from her and uh, another one of my aunts on that side of the family. So I don't know what the story was. I don't know yeah. whether they, uh, I, and I don't know what dating was like back then. I yeah. mean, did they hold hands? Did they make out or what? But they necked know. eventually. I guess. They necked. Well, something happened. Yeah. I'm here. You know. Do you know what year it was? You're saying like 30s. It was in the 30s. Yeah, it was like probably 35 or 36. Wow. So my mom, my, yeah, I, I, you're helping me piece this together. So my mother, my dad was born in 1916. My mother was born in 1920. Okay. So she was probably about 17, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So it's like 37. Mm-hmm. 30, so maybe it was he was a senior or something like that. And she was... Yeah, fresh. I'm now you're eighth, making me think grader. about this. Wait a minute. <laughs> my grandparents were strict. Yeah. Her parents? Her parents. My yeah. Italian grandparents. Would they have let her leave the house? You know what? I, I've got, thank you so much for this moment here. I've you're got, welcome. i got to figure out what happened. How yeah. that happened. We can, we can pause while you figure that out. Right? <laughs> Yeah, so there was four years between them. Interesting. Do you know, though, okay, so that's how they met, but then do you know, like, you know, like, how long did they date? We're just putting that in air quotes. Well, they dated for several years. You know, they did, and the the dating in those days was like Treasure Island was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, Walking across the new Golden Golden Gate Gate Bridge Bridge was a big deal. She did that. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, no, and then... uh, and I know my dad did jobs. I mean, he worked as uh, uh, as a rigger, you know, in the in the in the ship when San Francisco was really a seaport. 
You know, oh, right, when the ports were open. <laughs> a lot of shipping and rigging and uh, mm-hmm. repair and maintenance of ships was being done. He had worked as a carpenter. He worked as a, as a rigger and things like that. And then that's why the fire department became such an important thing. Mm-hmm. Because it was stable. It right. was civil service, which is hugely value, valuable coming out of the depression. Mm-hmm. Right? You mm-hmm. wouldn't lose your job if you were mm-hmm. a civil service. Right. And relative to being a rigger, it was a lot safer. Right. Interesting that <laughs> the fire department for safety. Right. Well, it's I mean, a- and, and, and actually, ultimately, that's what did, you know, shorten his life. Not violently, but, you know, in you figure in those days, you had a housing stock that was old, Victorian, knob and tube. A lot of the paint was lead-based. Mm-hmm. You know, people smoking and drinking in bed mm-hmm. and falling asleep, fires all the time. Mm-hmm. So how much... How much junk did a firefighter inhale those days? Well, I, I mean, he imagine. died within five years of retiring. So, wow. And so, when that happens, it's immediately attributed to your career. Right. So right. it's definitely job related. Yeah. So, was it safer than being a rigger? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, That's a hard one to. Yeah. So I knew. So, but but um, but they definitely were together. Your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, when did they get married? Or where, did they get married? I guess that's a, they an assumption. Got, they got married uh, where my grand, where my mom, excuse me, went to grammar school out in in the Richmond district on oh. Geary and Twenty Third, Saint Monica's Grammar School, where all of us, there's four of us in my family, three sisters and me, and all of us went to Saint Monica's. My mother, her two sisters, and her brother all went to Saint Monica's and Catholic. Yeah. Okay. Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now they're married, um, and where? Where did they live then? Because your dad was in the Haight-Ashbury and your mom was out in the outer, outer Richmond, right? Yeah, so when they so married, they, they lived, uh, you know, they rented a place not far from her parents. In not, the outer not, Richmond? Not where, not just around the corner from where I live today. Mm-hmm. So they've been within a few hundred yards all this time, you know, mm-hmm. so they moved to, they were at some little home on Clement Street and then they bought a two-unit place out on 33rd Avenue. With the arrival of their first children, or...? With the arrival of two, and then I was the fourth one, the only boy, and so I was the one that, the straw that broke the camel's back, residentially speaking. It's like, okay, we gotta, we gotta buy a house now. Yeah, yeah. And so then we spent the rest of our, our time on 29th Avenue near Golden Gate Park. Oh, the one on 29th and Fulton. That's Is right. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So you're the you're the youngest uh, of four children, and all your siblings are girls. To women, this day, women. Um, no one's transitioned. Interesting. To the best of my knowledge. Okay. Uh, let's then let's start hearing the story of your life. I think it's, I think the stage is set. We've we've got the context um, into which you entered this world. Uh-huh. What was it like? Forgetting the. Um, sibling situation but just you know what was san francisco like what was it like growing up across the street from the park i you know to anybody that asks me what that was like i i have to except for a couple small parts i have to recommend that book uh season of the witch yeah i really do there's That's a couple parts that were weird but i was and i realized reading that book how sheltered my life was mm. from what was going on at the mm-hmm. time that our parents didn't tell us thanks mom and dad 
I well, the violence and yeah. you know the zebra, the zodiac. Uh, the crazy stuff that was going on. Yeah. You know, we knew about, oh, the hippies and the hate ashbury and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, there were some very interesting things, the politics that were going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in college when uh, the Jonestown massacre took place and when Moscone and Milk were uh, murdered. That was all in the same year, right? Yeah, that was a wild year. 78? It was... That I... was... A, that was a... F- 77, 78 was a huge year for me because I was in college, Jonestown Massacre took place, and they're like, you know, whatever, you know, I don't know who these people are because I live in the avenues, I'm in the middle, upper middle class neighborhood, what do I know? And then Moscone and Milk are assassinated, it's like, well, you know, Moscone, good guy, but he was playing three sides against the middle, you know, and... uh, the fellow that that killed him, I've forgotten his name now. Dan White. Dan White. He was a little tightly wrapped product yeah. of the Irish Catholic community yeah. delivered to San Francisco, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and then and then Harvey was just basically the martyr. You know, he was just leading the charge and a lot of people don't like people that lead the charge. Right. You know, and that's right. and where did you go to college? I went to San Francisco State. I yeah, mean you I did. went to St. Monica's Grammar School, Sacred Heart. High school, which is now Sacred Heart Cathedral, which was at that time almost all boys, Christian right. Brothers School, mm-hmm. Catholic Christian Brothers School. Good, still have good good friends from those days. Those are some people you'll probably should meet too, mm. <laughs> like for this podcast. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. There's a lot of stories there. And then you know, five years at San Francisco State, a couple degrees, and. The gulag is what I referred to San Francisco State. Some of the worst weather in the world. You yeah. Know? It's just yeah. awful, windy and foggy. There's also a zoo out there. Like, yeah. what the hell, San Francisco? Yeah. But a great it's school. Very good school. I, I went there as well. It is the most common thread uh, of all the guests on, on our show. Really? I would say something like 60, 70% of our guests. And then myself. And one of my favorite moments in that period was uh, I took a couple courses in, in BCA in broadcast communication arts, which was fun. Oh yeah, that was they call lot. it they call it Becca now, but Becca yeah. now. Oh cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Anything from from sort of pre college or uh, high school years? Like what, what what kind of things were you doing outside of school? When I was a kid, I always heard that my mother's father, my grandfather, played sax. And so I wanted to play sax. And then, of course, my dad, like a lot of people in middle school, oh, yeah, I played saxophone. You know, there was, there was actually music programs everywhere, you right. know, where kids could learn and play music. And so, oh, yeah, I played sax. So I've got this in my head. My dad and my maternal grandfather both played saxophone. So in grammar school, man, I was all over. I wanted to play the saxophone. So I still play today. Mm-hmm. And I have my grandfather's saxophone. It, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So cool. I mean, it's it's an antique. I mean, it's yeah. a serious, heavy, mechanically, mechanically kind of clunky instrument. Is but it it's like beautiful. Spinal Tap where you're like, no, we don't even look at that one? No, no, it's it's actually, it's, it's, or do you play it's it? beautiful. No, I, I play it, but um, it's like driving a Model A, Yeah. you know, versus... Uh, a Lexus or a Toyota or right. something. It doesn't have any of those creature comforts and mechanical things ergonomically that are friendly to the hands. But it sounds It's amazing. sweet. It's got yeah. a sweet sound. Yeah. It's got a sweet sound. But I figure it's kind of fun because that's probably what he was playing when he met my grandmother. Oh, yeah. 
That's so cool. So, okay, so you picked up the sax. You said in grammar school, so that's like... Yeah, early, mid-60s. Okay. Yeah. But you were in maybe like fourth or fifth or sixth grade, something like that? I was like in that. the fourth grade. Fourth grade, okay. And back then, they, the, the, the nun was the music instructor. She wanted to get me on clarinet, but I had no idea of clarinet. Didn't want to play the clarinet. The boys that were pl- star- also starting to play the clarinet were kind of nerds. Mm-hmm. You know, I, okay. thought, oh, I don't want to play clarinet. Sax yeah. is cool. I want to play yeah. sax. And she goes, well, I, don't know. I want you to play clarinet. I said, I, said, I want to play the saxophone. Well, my parents were st- paying for lessons and the rental of the saxophone. So, you know, she goes, okay, fine. And, of course, then I get into the orchestra. Huh? Oh, there's no saxophone parts in the orchestra. So what? I'm reading French horn parts sitting amongst some violins it's so I'm the only saxophone in this school orchestra and wow. I was feeling kind of like an outlier yeah you know yeah I'm reading parts that tonally harmonically I couldn't quite hear it it was like a third French horn part or something like mm. another and so I had no idea what was going on. so I just kept chugging along and then I because I was you know I was young with uh, attitude about some things, uh, I was uninvited from the orchestra. Okay. <laughs> so I stopped playing saxophone for a couple of years. But the one reason I went and I chose Sacred Heart High School was because they had a great music program. Mm. They had they had a jazz rock band, and they would tour and give performances. And they wow. came to my grammar school, and I said, "That's what I want to do." Jazz rock. Yeah. At a okay. Yeah, in the sick late sixties, you I know. Mean, you know, Chicago, blood, sweat, and tears, yeah. Marvin Gaye stuff, you know, pretty wow. cool, right? And you were into all that. You're like, yeah. hell yes, I mean, oh, you're kidding? Get me out of this orchestra with the violins and the, <laughs> and the flutes and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, and so I wound up kind of being a student director of the school band at Sacred Heart because the teachers that they had, they were generally professional musicians who would drag ass seriously to, to try to get there at 8 o'clock in the morning or 7.30 in the morning mm-hmm. if they'd been playing. Because back in those days... They were days, gigging. They were gigging, you know, yeah. and back in those days you had a lot of working musicians. Uh, orchestra players would play the Ice Capades. They would play the Follies. They would go to the Cow Palace. You needed live musicians for almost everything. And so these teachers, would they be pretty groggy come in the morning? And one teacher, he was a great guy, he said, Jimmy, why don't, you, uh, why don't you sort of take care of things here? I'll be in in a little, you know. So I wound up, that was where I learned about running a band and managing mm. and being a band leader and all that sort of stuff. And I still play today. That was Jim Argo. Special thanks to friend of the show, Johnny Tripod, for connecting us with Jim. On the next episode of Storied San Francisco, Jim finishes the story of his life for us, including how he became a realtor. Part two drops Thursday wherever you listen to podcasts. Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hine. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 180 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can, please rate and review the show so we can reach even more folks. We love email, and we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. 
stay strong, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time on Story in San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.